0: Welcome to another episode of The Reboot Chronicles, a no-holds-barred forum with global leaders, authors, entrepreneurs, and CEOs about how organizations stay focused on growth and innovation in unprecedented times. I'm your host, Dean DeBias, coming to you live from Revive's North American headquarters in Chicago, and we would like to thank you for joining us from around the globe today. I'd like to welcome Jim Cavanaugh to the Reboot Chronicles. He is the CEO and co-founder of Worldwide Technology, a global technology solutions provider with over 55 locations across the globe, about 9,000 people who delivered $17 billion of revenue last year. Pretty impressive. In 1990, after being an Olympic soccer player, at the ripe old age of 28, I think, Jim rebooted his career trajectory completely. He kind of took the leap of faith and founded the company and probably maxed out his credit cards a few times along the way like any good entrepreneur but they built a wwt um from nothing into one of the largest private corporations in america and the biggest black owned company in the united states it's just amazing story jim it's good to see you thanks great to be here dean thank you yeah the um i just uh i don't know where to start with you because you know i'm i'm from the heartland there's not a lot of heartland companies that are a still private, and B, you know, approaching twenty billion dollars in uh, in revenue. So it's uh, we, everyone would love to hear how you did that. So we'll try to kind of get some of that in along the way. You've uh, you've got a lot of you know good values and 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 approaches to business. I think I found one of your quotes that said, uh, you know, don't don't look back. And I I, I view that as such good common sense. But I'm not sure um, all of us do that. You know, it's like, uh, so what if you had to point to something that, you know, got to, you know, to where you are, what, what do you think it was?
1: Yeah. You know, if I look at one common thread uh, and playing off the, the, the the point you just made about not looking back, I, I think it's actually good to look back on things uh, that you've worked through challenging things, uh, things that you have learned Mm -hmm. uh, through the process, through your journey, uh, because the journey never ends, uh, and anything that you can learn uh, and, and take those learnings and apply them to be smarter, better uh, is is all goodness, and, and just helps you. Uh, I guess the the other point at a high level that I'm looking at, and I've always viewed is that you know it's it, I guess it's the piece that I look. Uh, very challenging times and very challenging situations expose the character of people. So we've all heard that, and and it's and it's so true, and it, and it really yes. stands the test of time. That you know you will see what people are made of in really really challenging times, and see you know the grit, the determination, the work ethic, and, and really the values that that, that they uh, display in those tough times. Equally, uh, in really really good times you also expose people and sometimes even more so than in challenging times, because when you have really good times, and this is where I'm saying sometimes people tend to look back and they fixate on the articles and the awards and trophies that they've won. And they're not focused on what they need to do to stay current and to continue to sharpen their skills, whether it's in sport or it's in business or it's in life. And, uh, and then I think to exacerbate that, just taking it from the grit and determination, it really can, can expose character and, and what people are made of. When people have great success, at times it goes to their head and they start building teams around them of people that tell them what they want to hear and are stroking their ego instead of challenging them and building a team around you of people that that you trust but challenge you uh, and and push you to continue to make sure that you you deliver against that high bar of of call it uh, values and behaviors and as the world continues to turn at a very fast pace here uh, if you think you've got it all figured out that's when you're going to get knocked off. Uh, the hill there, so that's that's a, a bit of what I would say a common thread is just the grit and determination, and not not allowing it to go to your head.
0: Yeah, I love that, and it's you know you're you're running a tech enablement company, which is you know not the easiest thing to run. And you've seen and you've been through it all for over thirty years, right? Let's just we won't go back too far for those of us that uh, aren't good business historians, but I I learn a lot from business. But you know, two thousand eight downturn. I think you guys invested pretty heavily in stuff and while everyone else was pulling back and, you know, COVID, a lot of people accelerated where other companies held back. And even now going into 24, a lot of people are viewing 23 as kind of a hangover year and they're, you know, everyone's focused on layoffs and cutting back and tuning expenses. Um, so it's, I I guess now you'd call it bad times, but depends on what industry you're in. And, um, so in the bad times, um, I think you uh, one of the things we were talking about is you 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 invest in something called your Advanced uh, Technology Center. If I had the timing right, what what was the significance of that?
1: Well, the the significance uh, of, of that was really when we looked at worldwide what we were doing in the marketplace was we were a systems integrator and a value added reseller, right? And my overall thought process, along with my executive team, was we need to continue to push ourselves to be better and to think about the value and improved and expanded value that we're bringing to our customers. And so to do that, uh, we felt we needed to create some way to to, to bring that value to our customers. And then we, we started building out what we call is our advanced technology center which is really an innovation ecosystem. And that innovation ecosystem started with literally a small rack of equipment that we were using to test different, call it networking devices. Right. Well, that one rack of equipment has evolved into hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars. It's probably eight, $900 million of product that we have in these labs today that we've amassed over the last 10 years that we, we get from our strategic OEMs, the, the Ciscos of the world, the Dell EMCs, the IBMs, that
0: Jupiter Networks, can go on and, and on. Guys, yeah.
1: And all of those products we build into our labs and we take those individual products, build them into complex architectures that are the architectures that large global companies test and evaluate and want to see How they actually play out so that they're they're looking for outcomes uh, not just individual products and devices and and so that that was the thesis around that was to expand our ability to help advise consult and speed up the decision making and the deployment of complex technologies uh, for customers around the world and create a software platform on top of that that allows our customers and partners and employees to get into our labs and sandboxes anytime, anyplace, anywhere around the world.
0: So that's a great reboot example because you took what technically was like a test center, not even a demo center. And instead of turning it into a cute little demo center, you turn it into something much larger where I'm sure all the, uh, you know, knowing, knowing most of the CEOs that you just rattled off of your partners, they all want to be in that <laughs> In that center and be a part of it and so that was smart and it's a good customer experience place as well i'm sure the um what 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 other kinds of reboots have you been through maybe ones that didn't go so well and I mean, you've been through a couple a couple of down downturns is is it easier for uh like a VAR and a systems integrator to recover than uh, given that a lot of expenses variable versus the hardcore manufacturers who are Making decisions right now about what to do, you know, capacity wise, supply chain, all that
1: stuff. Yeah, I, w- I would say that every company has its uh, advantages and disadvantages of whether it's intellectual property they create or it's product they create, or there's capital investments that can play to your advantage. And it can also be uh, a detriment. It could be tech debt, it could be things that. Uh, prevent you from moving with the speed that you would like to. But I guess I would frame it up uh, one way. It's kind of interesting. Uh, just this morning, uh, you know, uh, a friend of mine who's also the CEO of Cisco, Chuck Robbins, mm-hmm. uh, was on CNBC. And Chuck and I have talked about this over time. And Chuck actually, uh, he, he, he voiced this on CNBC today, uh, that... The message that he's been a CEO for about seven or eight years now, and that every year has been a challenging year. You know, if you look at there's there's, you know, if you just go back the last three or four years, you've had right. COVID, you've had, uh, you, you know, you had the social unrest, uh, work from home, you know, people trying to figure out, navigate all of these things, a lot of political unrest. You, you have the war, you know, in, in Ukraine and Russia. There's, there's just a number of political and macroeconomic things that have happened. Uh, and the point being and what Chuck and I have even discussed is that there's no year that's, you, know, ever without some drama. You're always as a CEO. It's kind of the, the mode you need to just get used to. Um, right. mm-hmm. And you know, when I look at personally, go back uh, over 30 years now being in a position of leading a company in uh, the CEO spot, you've got to constantly be on your toes and, and you, you have to be pushing yourself uh, to, to never be complacent with what's going on and be trying to the best of your ability to anticipate what you see and, and, and what's going on in the market. And I think the best way to anticipate that is to, to be very inquisitive, to ask a lot of questions, to make sure that you're listening more than you're talking, uh, and you're also pushing yourself to be the best that you can be. So, you know, over the years, uh, especially in early years, you know, we could have and should have gone out of business multiple times because we really didn't know what we were doing in the early years as you know, starting up the business. And there were so many different challenges, but the one underlying theme that I mentioned at the very beginning of our talk today was uh, you got to have that grit and that determination and, and that desire and willingness to do whatever it takes to get the job done and whatever it takes to grind through it. And, yeah. Uh,
0: yeah, it's, you know, it's in your- I think
1: that's a telltale sign of, of a lot of successful entrepreneurs.
0: Seems like it's in your DNA, too. You're, you're very, uh, you're very, you're very uh, humble and um, most CEOs these days, especially tech CEOs, they don't admit that they were just trying to figure things out until much later they've moved on. And to Chuck's defense, the CEO of Cisco, he, you know, he was hand, you know, when John Chambers handed it off, it was, it was, it's hard to follow John's and John's shoes first of all, but, uh, yeah, he, he kind of, uh, picked up the, uh, the tougher years, I guess, uh, back in the go-go days in the Valley when everything was just, you know, booming, you know, 19- no, you're right. like, like 95, you're- 2005 was just, uh, that's when I was out there. It was just glorious. Um. So, so when you look at that, um, have you, have you shift as the business shifted? And, and I guess more importantly, you know, I usually hold this to the last question, but where's it all going? Because it seems like your category of company used to do one thing. You know, it used to be that, that layer in between. And now without stealing your thunder, it seems like it's getting much more strategic and maybe the small guys are falling off. I don't know, but yeah, what? Uh, where do you see all this? So, we look back on this episode a couple of years from now. What? Uh, what are we going to see WWT looking like?
1: Yeah, it's a great question. Uh, I try, and I think it's fascinating too because I, I do feel that you know I've, I've been very fortunate, and I try to reflect back. Uh, yeah, on the past from a learning standpoint, you know, one thing I, w- I would just you know for those that are starting up businesses, uh, early entrepreneurs, or people. Uh, an observation that I've had, there's a lot of companies that, you know, again, we were competing against 10 years ago, 15, 20, 25 years ago. It just aren't around any longer. Mm-hmm. And I would say one of the things that I do, I have recognized and see is that you have certain level of entrepreneurs at different stages of companies. And some of them uh, get complacent with what I would call being a lifestyle Company or a lifestyle CEO, where you have enough success, you worked really hard. Yep. Now you have enough enough money to have a really nice home, uh, to go on vacations, get your boat, whatever the the trinkets and toys and things that you want to do, and you but you just don't have that 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 drive and desire to continue to push and push to the next level, and and I see those companies. A lot of times you're either growing or you're starting to fall back. And I, I, I can't tell you how many I've seen over the years. I, uh, because I, see, again, I, see them,
0: I see them all the time. They usually call me at that point, either interim CEO stuff or the fix-it guy. Yeah, exactly.
1: Like yeah. That. So you, And at so every I, stage,
0: you're right. It's at every stage. It's not a magical $1 billion number or something like that.
1: No. It can happen, it can happen at a much smaller stage. No. And, 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 and that's where I think just, you know, part of it is for individuals and that's fine for for people. you got to decide what makes you happy and what you want to do. But when I look at worldwide, it's it's something, you know, I I personally think I've grown in a number of different ways. But one of the things is that still the the really the fire to continue to push to want to continue to grow and uh reach new heights, not necessarily for financial or you know for recognition. It's just what I enjoy. And personally I enjoy doing it with a great team. And and I didn't get to where I am today by myself. I, I have a great team of people that have been working in the trenches with me side by side yeah. for 25, right. 30 years. So uh, I've been very, very fortunate, but to your point, where we're going, yeah. uh, we've got big aspirations, and we continue to push the company. To your point, Dean, that you know the value we bring to our customers and what Worldwide does today is significantly different than what we were doing even five years ago. We are a very different company. The value that we bring, the services that we provide, the things that we're providing out of our Advanced Technology Center. Uh, the scope and reach of the company globally is just very, very different. Sometimes people that are, I would say have been a part of it don't step back and really see. And they say, oh, worldwide. You know, I love when I have friends of mine or people that I know. They're just like, wow,
0: yeah.
1: do, do you work anymore? I remember one guy saying, do you work anymore? Are they Just worldwide, it just kind of grows on its own. It just, you know, and I'm like, huh. <laughs> I just got a
0: lap. Said, yeah, I still work. And and you've got aggressive growth goals. I mean, you used to talk about, you know, how do you double a business in every five years or five to seven for most companies, or you know, Moore's law starts to run out eventually. But it's like, you know, my guess is you want to be a thirty billion dollar company annual revenue at some date in the future. I'm sure it's on a graph somewhere. That's a that's a big nut.
1: It is. And and to your point, uh it, it, it You know, we've had this mantra and kind of this high level aspirational goal, and we've actually achieved it uh, really going back over the last 25 years that every five years, our, our aspirational goal was to double our top line revenue and double our bottom line. And we really have been doing that. That's I look back, wow. you know, over our last five we will be a little less than that, depending on where we end up uh, this year. Uh, but it's. It's you know it's it's one again wiring the organization not on unrealistic goals but challenging uh, and aspirational goals I think that motivate the team uh, so yeah the, the the goal setting is is part of it but they've got to be realistic uh, yeah, but uh, also aspirational
0: at some point the percentage doesn't matter i mean if you look at the largest company in the world walmart it's like the percentage of growth isn't important it's the strategic part of growth like okay what are you going into and why and how is that is it sustainable or not and do we have the luxury to try things that might not work out and certain companies can certain can. i mean once you're over 10 billion you have the luxury i think to make mistakes and just depends on your risk taking uh, ability but do you do you see yourself being in different businesses um Altogether, together. So, so like at Kellogg, we talk a lot about or I teach, you know, the build by borrow uh, matrix and how do you like build your own technology company capabilities, people, how do you kind of acquire them? I don't know if you guys have acquired much. We talk about that. But and then how do you actually do it from a partnering perspective, which is in your complete DNA as a, you know, as a value added reseller at, you know, originally at your core. So you you get partnering, but it's a different kind. It's a rapid growth type of a. Scenarios. So, yeah, how do, you, how do you think about growth? We love to talk yeah, about
1: Yeah, uh, fascinating, Dean. And again, uh, with some of the things you're doing uh, with your students and just looking at a broad breadth of companies, uh, you've got good insight. Uh, well, one thing that's unique about Worldwide is that almost 100%, 99.5% plus of our business has been all organic growth. Right. Uh, we've done one or two. Uh, small, very small acquisitions uh, that would attribute to less than $40 million of of 17 plus billion. A tiny Uh, billion. Yeah, very, very, very tiny. Uh, Moving forward, acquisitions, we do have a full acquisition team in place today uh, that we are looking at acquisitions along with our organic growth. Uh, But a lot of what we've done being a very different company very services-focused, uh, much more services-focused uh, that we have internally focused on: cloud, application development, digital transformation, management consulting, uh, cyber, uh, AI, machine learning. Those practices are all very complementary to the, call it the IT infrastructure, design and build and deploy side of what we do. So we've tried to build out and add on complementary, synergistic capabilities uh, that create a one plus one equals five kind of multiplier effect of value at worldwide.
0: Yeah, we kind of call that extending your wheelhouse because it's it's comfortable. I mean, some of the technologies are are extension. Even if you look at you know six G and stuff like that, and what what do you be able to do on factory floors and all that, it's. Uh, I think it bodes well for your category because mo- the largest corporations in the world need someone like you to rely on. They're not going to get it from the OEMs. <clears throat> it's too specificity. And do you see a lot of vertical, like in a century, you know, vertical areas of expertise too? Is that a
1: absolutely? We at a high level, we we have three big, I would say, what profit and loss centers, P&Ls, business units. One is commercial enterprise, which are Fortune five hundred companies, and I would say. We've moved into the mid tier also. Uh, We also have uh, public sector businesses, very deep expertise in the US federal government, government, state and local government. And then a group that focuses on traditional telco, telecommunications companies, web scalers. Uh, But within those sectors, we'll have areas that focus on uh, financial banking, uh, healthcare, sports and entertainment, manufacturing. Uh, with with different vertical expertise in those areas. The, the nice thing, there's also things that uh, I would say are transferable across those enterprises. So you might have a large bank that you're building out a global network. Well, the US Air Force may mm-hmm. have similar uh, challenges in regards to building out their global network. And there's a lot of lessons learned uh, you know, you look at some of the fast leaders and uh, innovators around uh, customer experience around mobile apps has been fast food. Um, so you look, you as we've done a lot of work on building out that digital strategy and then actually building the applications for organizations. It could be a, a Panera, Jersey Mike's. There's a number that we have uh, worked with and continue to work with uh, that. All of a sudden, now those you look at in the healthcare industry, uh, you're looking at the same thing, looking at how do you create that differentiated experience for the patient, uh, fan experience. So, some of those general concepts and uh, applications are transferable but need to be customized to those vertical industries yeah
0: there's so much connected tissue uh so many different ways to go there we had the uh, ceo of boeing uh global services on now he runs defense and he's uh, you probably know him well but he he just loves getting that cross learning and you know what can we learn from matter so matter is an incubator we started in chicago right next to the 1871 incubator one of the largest in the world raised a few billion for med tech companies hardware devices mm. that they need to operate in these five, six G environments. And, and what, what, what you just said is the magic word. It's like, Hey, I care about my customers, customers experience. And if I can add value there, that's, that's a $30 billion company. Cause that's not what most people do in your sector, which is probably why you've out-competed with them. You sound like you guys are very competitive in, in a good way, in a sales way, I guess.
1: Yeah, no, it's, uh, I get, it's I definitely
0: yeah. on the delivery side that I get. But you still yeah, got to win the business. You got to win the business. These are these are tough deals.
1: You do. I mean, uh, you got to have that fight, and you, you know, you 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 never can be comfortable losing. That should never be a an experience that you enjoy. Uh,
0: Thank you. But uh, I feel so much better. Everyone makes fun of me, but hyper competitive is, and now more than ever, right?
1: Oh, it's and, and you know you you look at it and being it you know looking at things looking at companies looking at uh, transformation of businesses but you know it's obvious you know you go back 20 25 years you go back 15 years the number of call it leading companies in the S&P are the Dow you know those companies are transitioning so much faster you know you go back 30 years you look at companies that were there and it would sit on that and would be the same companies for 20 30 years well, that's not the way it works. Uh, you know that that the you're seeing so many companies that really weren't around ten years ago are now the companies that are leading the charge. Uh, yeah, and the and ones that are going it uh, to continue to.
0: And it's compressed the amount of time people are on the S and lot of people they over exaggerate that data. I have the slide somewhere here. Um, you know, that it's all these companies went out of business, not so much, a lot of them consolidated but they basically have lost their influence. They, they, they've lost their mojo, if you will. So, you know, we, we call it BFS as big, fat, and slow companies. And the <laughs> issue, the issue in the connected tissue on that Venn diagram is irrelevance, obscurity and decline. And some of your competitors that, you know, they're not household names, but they sure are in the tech industry. They're gone. You guys ran yeah. over. You didn't have to buy them either. That's, that's impressive.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and it's, uh, you know, it's, it is fascinating. Uh, you, you can see some companies that, you know, you looked at were the darlings of uh, college business schools, and everybody yep. was uh, watching GE and Jack yes. Welch and, you know, what they were doing. And, you know, they're, you know, fell out of favor for a whole <laughs> bunch of reasons in the main reason. that
0: could be a long episode just talking All about right. alone. No it's- doubt. And knowing some of the characters that kind of cycled through there, it's 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 sad because I'm, I'm a huge this is a global program, but I, people know me besides being a business uh, builder of companies, like I'm pro American big time, and it's it's sad to see that that whatever we call that that slippage. And but you've you've say you've faced the same problem. So what I guess um, just a couple stories before we go out. What what's been like the biggest issue you've had to deal with at the company? Maybe something that didn't go that well. You know, you've got a long long history but usually CEOs like to talk about this when at the next when they're at the next company they can talk about the last one so yeah unfortunately you have to talk about when you're still with because it's your baby but yeah, yeah sometimes I, reboots don't go that well and those to me are the great lessons
1: yeah I I think uh you know and I won't go into finite de- detail on it but again at every stage of the business uh, you you have your challenges and again I think you know, it, it just gets to the point that I, I kind of looked at it with talking to different people. You know, you're looking for people that whether it was in sport growing up, uh, did you enjoy practice? Now, you know, every day practice as a soccer player and different things. I actually enjoyed practice. I, 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 well, I did. I, I was, you know, as I remember, as a kid, I was very upset when practice got rained out. And uh, I, I kind of look at it that you got to find people that do you run to work or do you run from it? Do you take pride in, you know, getting your hands dirty and digging in? And, you know, as a CEO, you know, you can't find yourself down in the trenches all day long, but you know what, you gotta, you gotta be able to take some pride at, uh, grinding it out and, and, and working with your team. Uh, and, and those, those are things that I think you can learn. Also, uh, you know, very early on, there was actually another individual that was a part owner of the business. It was actually my boss at the time. We came from the other company that we literally came up with the idea of Worldwide or starting a systems integrator. Well, found out the individual did not have the values and the behaviors and the things and was doing some things that shouldn't have been doing. And so at that point, you got to have the, the courage also. And I fired him. And so it, trust me, I wouldn't say from a business school perspective, you want... Uh, you want to think very thoroughly about trying to fire another owner and somebody who's your boss and senior, which at that point, starting back there, it can be very dicey. So the odds of that playing out was not good. But at that point, I was convicted to the point that, you know, this is not going to work with this individual. And so you
0: You,
1: you got to be able to make those tough calls and then. I would also say that you will constantly run into challenging situations uh, in life and in business as things continue to evolve. And I think you just have to get better of understanding that. And, uh, you know, it's a little bit of the uh, I don't know, the Marcus Aurelius quote, you know, what's in a way becomes a way the obstacles away. You know, it's, it's embracing those obstacles in your way as ways to learn to get better. And in those challenging situations, as you fight and grind through them, you learn a lot. And if you can take those learnings. And then again, as I look at it just over the years, the other one is uh, it's easier said than done. But if you can uh, you know, really look at the growth as a leader right. and focus on the outcomes and, and recognizing your team and the people around you and not fixating on who gets the credit. You know, as the statement goes, you know, it's amazing what you can accomplish when you're not focused or you don't care who gets the credit. There's, there's more to that than I think people can believe because ego, there's nothing wrong with ego when it's channeled the right way. Right. But ego can be a very destructive thing uh, and has destroyed, I think, a lot of successful companies, people, athletes you know, because they've just let things go to their head. So that's where I would, I I look at those. That is something if you can build into your mind as a leader uh, to, to really focus on recognizing uh, the people around you who truly work with you to create the success. And again, I look at it personally, I get more recognition for things that, you know, it looks like I've done these things myself and I'm like, no, I've got great. I just I
0: just threw a bunch of recognitions at you. I know you've got a massive team behind you. And I and I it's one of the reasons you're on the program is like we know the kind of culture and and, you know, I look at rebooting companies, I just look at three things. They're big things, but it's people, platform and passion and you you you're checking all the boxes, but you're doing it with the, the right approach and the right peoples. Begins and ends with that. Jim, I want to really thank you for joining us today. It's been great. You've been listening to Jim Cavanaugh, who is the CEO and founder of WWT, which is Worldwide Technology in St. Louis. This is Dean DeBias with the Reboot Chronicles. I want to thank you for joining us today. We will see you soon. My pleasure. It's great to be with you, Dean. Thank you. Thank you.